What's it like being a singer-songwriter trying to break into the Christian music industry? We're going to find out next on the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast. Jesus 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 Welcome again to the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Newsom. Today I have with me worship pastor and singer-songwriter Jeff Markey. Jeff, thank you for being on the podcast today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me, Kevin. I thought that was uh, that was really uh, kind of you. You know, I'm just trying to get myself, you know, started and, and get my footing. And so it's been it's been a blast, and uh, I'm glad to be here. We've known each other for what seven or eight years. Um, Golly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. good old days in seminary. Yeah, I remember helping you. Uh, move in when you and your family pulled up with a moving truck of about 2,000 square foot worth of house to shove into a 900 square foot apartment. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure uh, in our three, well, we even moved uh, in the apartments from the three bedroom to the four bedroom. And I'm pretty sure we still just had boxes some, you know, in some places. We never even opened them up. <laughs> remember what your biggest concern was that day? Oh man, um, I, I think there were just so many, there were so many little things. Okay, so I had my position at, at the church and I'm like, am I gonna be paid enough money for this? And you know, the Lord always provides, but you, you just don't know when you get through it. Cause I mean, you had school, we had two kids, we had three by the time we graduated. And, you know, I think that was the whole thing. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if we could do this, but the Lord always. No, that wasn't your biggest concern. I, I remember your biggest concern. You, you were freaking out over where your guitar was. Ha! I forgot about that. <laughs> you couldn't find it anywhere. And you were, you were flipping out over where that guitar was. <laughs> It was, oh yeah, oh my goodness. And I remember that truck coming and oh, the stress of that truck, that whole move. And I, yeah, I wasn't sure where he put it and it was stuck in that. They they wrap, wrapped everything up and it was so crazy, the whole thing. Oh All right, so tell, tell, us, tell us about yourself and your ministry and um, a little bit about uh, being a singer, songwriter and worship pastor at the same time. Yeah, so I mean, when we're talking about seminary, the whole purpose why I, I went to seminary was to really focus on on composition and songwriting. And so when I when I began uh, at the seminary, I started really trying to dig in, dive in, write deeper theological songs, songs that are going to be you know meat on the bones. And I I really love modern hymns, and so I started trying to trying to do that. And so I graduated with several of those written, and I had my thesis done. We had the recital. And then I began, uh, while I was there, I was working at uh, FBC Covington, and I was their uh, worship and, and music associate. And I, I loved that. I worked with Jason Brooks, and uh, I, I worked with a ladies ensemble. Never knew I was going to get the opportunity to do that, you know, and that was a blessing. And I worked with uh, the choir when Jason was out of town and uh, led all three services. I had one traditional, and we had three contemporary. We had a Saturday night and two Sunday morning. And, um, you know, that was a blast. But when I graduated from seminary, then I went to FC Black Forest in Colorado Springs and was their worship pastor for three and a half years. And they're now Cross Fellowship Church. They just changed their name recently. And 
they had one, we had one uh, traditional service with the choir, and then uh, we ended up having two contemporary services there uh, just before I left. And then I, now I'm at Genesis Church. I'm the worship arts pastor here. I've been here for almost two years. And where, and where is that? It's in York, Pennsylvania. So I have kind of been all around the block, you know, from Covington, Louisiana, to Colorado Springs, to, to York here. And uh, just wanted to be closer to family. I'm originally from New Jersey. I grew up in, in Hopatcong and uh, just wanted to be closer to um, my family, my wife's family, to be able to spend more time with them. And so um, that's been a blessing. So I've been doing that. And uh, all along the way, I've been, been trying to, to spend more time writing. And uh, Genesis really wanted to see uh, the worship ministry grow in that area. And so I'm really excited to be here uh, to be able to start doing that. So you actually write and uh, y'all worship at your church with original music. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um, we've got several of our songs, uh, several of the church's songs and, and ones that I've written on uh, rotation. And so, um, you know, that's been a blessing. And I've be, been able to start networking with other uh, worship pastors. And uh, actually, the former pastor from, from Genesis is now at a, a local church as well. And uh, I've had him to play with me, and he's really enjoyed some of the, the music that we've been able to put out. And so he's, he's willing to support me and, and begin uh, singing some of my songs in their congregation. So I'm really excited about that. Okay, so, you know, I, I think of um, like uh, uh, passion and elevation worship and, and groups like that that sort of started doing exactly what you're doing. Um, have, have you gotten into any recording or and putting things on, on radios or anything like that? So I have one single out that's Jesus Forever, and I did that in Colorado Springs, and uh, I, I, uh, I wanted to see, you know, how far that could go, and what was really neat about that, um, I've self-produced and self-released some things, but when I went through uh, a distributor, um, all of a sudden, new opportunities arose, and no, no kidding, like I was able to see that my song started getting play and, played in radio, in uh, the Netherlands, and and I was like, I never saw that something something like that coming, um, and I was so excited to see uh, that. And so I'm, when I got my first royalty check, you know, it was like twelve dollars, but I'm like, wow, this is from this is from the Netherlands. So I was just I was just blessed by that. And oh so, yeah, so those royalty checks. I, I get every once in a while, I'll get like a four dollar royalty deposit for you know two or three books that were sold six months ago. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a blessing. It's like, okay, the Lord's using this. And even if it's, you know, even if it's little and, I, and I'm just starting out and just trying to, to build some sort of following or whatever like that, you know, every little bit you say, that's, that's from the Lord. The Lord blessed me with the song and the song is blessing others as a result. So I'm just like, I'm thankful. So, so why, if it's playing on the radio and, and it's popular in the Netherlands, why haven't we heard it on like K-Love or here in the United States? Uh, that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, the way the music industry uh, operates, you know, you have to be, I believe you have to be part of something that's bigger and, and probably more like one of the big five, uh, you know, Christian labels. You have Sparrow Records, you have uh, Elevation, you have uh, Bethel and they themselves are their own publishing, distributing companies, um, and and you know they've they've figured it out. And you know me as a independent artist, just trying to do it myself, 
you know, I don't have those types of connections. I don't have those types of uh, relationships, um, integrity. Uh, and, you know, you, the list goes on with, with those, those folks. I mean, you look at some of the great writers out there, you know, Keith and Kristen Getty, you never hear them on the radio, but that's not their goal. You know, right. um, their, their goal is to impact the church and to be a part of, of something greater. And so, you know, you just, I think you just have to find your niche and what you're really passionate about. If you want to pursue radio, that's great. You can, you can hire a radio promoter and you'd spend a lot of money and you'd, you might see some, some benefits from that. Um, but the industry is looking for a specific sound. Radio is looking for its own sound. And so really uh, the biggest thing is just starting, starting small, you know, looking at, looking at YouTube, looking at SoundCloud, looking at, um, you know, trying to develop uh, connections with other artists, Facebook groups, and being a part of a community that's larger than yourself, but they might know things that you don't know. And so um, I think that's really the key for me. Yeah. Um, Andrew Peterson uh, wrote a book, uh, Adorning the Dark, and he, he talks a lot about community, how, how community nourishes art and how art nourishes community and that, that it, how important it is to be a part of that community. Where, where would a new songwriter, somebody who's, who's just getting started, um, and they may not know what they're doing yet, but they want to get plugged into the community. Where, they, where would they go to find that community? Yeah, and so I think really it's amazing how many groups you can find on Facebook um, for songwriting, Christian songwriting, him writing, I mean, you name it, there's groups out there and, and folks will, uh, I've just started scratching the surface on, on who's out there. And uh, really it's, you just look for a supportive group around you that's going to, uh, you know, uh, enrich your process. And, and, um, and there's a lot, it's amazing how much people are willing to critique and work together. Uh, there's mentoring uh, opportunities out there in these Facebook groups that you can, you can sit down with somebody, they can share your, their song with you. You can talk about the good things that you like about the song, talk about the things that you, you were surprised by the song, uh, maybe a pleasant surprise, maybe an unpleasant surprise, and then, you know, vice versa. And, and so those things are, are really helpful. Just, I mean, what I would do is just type in the search bar, you know, uh, you know, worship songwriting, uh, worship leaders. Uh, and, and I'm a part of uh, several worship leaders groups, which is really helpful because when we have major changes or things that we're concerned about, uh, we can go in those groups and get instant feedback um, from people who are, who are knowledgeable and been a part of things who can uh, help you kind of navigate through whatever challenges you might be dealing with. And that might be intimidating for somebody who's young who's just starting out. Uh, do you find these groups pretty much um, uh, sort of level the playing field and it really doesn't matter who you are, what your experience is, everybody gets pretty much treated equally and, and they're pretty accepting of newcomers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've, never seen, I've never seen a group, uh, especially, you know, in, the, in this field uh, of worship leadership, worship songwriting, I've never seen a group that, that looks down on somebody who's just starting out or anything like that. I've been a part of, uh, you know, composition groups where, you know, if, if, if you don't have feedback, it's, it's hard to grow, but everybody's uh, tactful in their approach when, when either having a positive or, or a critic, uh, critical feedback, you know, um, they're, everybody's really looking out for each other to try to help us grow. Which is kind of, kind of sort of opposite of what, um, you would expect, especially when you're in, in a secular market, sometimes you sort of see this, uh, this backhanded competition 
attitude where if they see potential in somebody, then, then they don't want to step in and help them move forward because they're trying to better their own career. Uh, I've seen that in, in the publishing industry. You see that any? Yeah. So what's been the most surprising? I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah, it does exist. I think it, it um, within those Facebook groups, um, you know, you're a lot more, you're a lot more open um, with, with, the feedback and I think a lot more open-handed you'll find you'll find more people within that group uh who are like that and and you're absolutely right Kevin I mean there's there's parts of the industry that are really really tough I mean uh I've had some really established relationships with with some uh folks who are within publishing and it gets really frustrating because I I feel like man I'm just right on that edge why why can't I find uh you know that niche or why can't I find that that signing and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I've been able to navigate that feeling and that, that, um, that emotion, um, to be able to channel that and say, it's, it may not be for that, but, but God may be doing something else here and I don't even know. And so you just have to be able to, um, have a, a thick skin when you're talking about, and you're talking to these folks that you're, you're expecting response and, and if they don't come, you know, you just have to, to keep on moving on, you know? <laughs> so what's been the most difficult or surprising part of, of uh, being a songwriter and trying to break into the industry? Yeah. And so that was, that was the main thing. You know, I started getting involved in, in worship conferences and songwriting retreats, really hoping for some sort of breakthrough. And those retreats themselves were breakthroughs in them themselves because I had the chance to really sit down with, with folks who, uh, you know, shared their passion for the craft of songwriting as I did. Um, but through that, you know, you, when you go there, you typically will bring like a sample CD and stuff like that. And they'll do, they'll do song critic sessions um, with these folks on these panels. And I write these songs and I think, man, I got this song, Oh Great God, I Believe. And, and that song I put out on a competition um, from Worship the Rock. And Worship the Rock is a, is a subset. It's kind of a subset um, within the, the worship industry. And it's mainly for indie artists, but they also provide chord charts and things like that for resources for uh you know the the bigger uh names out there elevation hill song got all that type of thing and um and so my song made it was uh second place in the worship songwriting category and so i shared it in a in a group um with some really famous songwriters if i named them you probably know who they were and uh you know the the critical feedback was this is amazing this should be on the next next album nothing happened Nothing happened, but you know I had songwriters who I respect and admire greatly say to the, say to me, "You're heading in the right direction," and that was enough for me to say, "Let's keep pursuing this, even if I don't get that next breakout, whatever it is." You know, right? That's got that's got to be frustrating. It is. It is. But it, you know, you just you just. That's, that's part of developing that thick skin. I mean, any any yeah. creative art, if you're going to be a part of it, you got to have some sort of create uh, thick skin. So, um, with that in mind, what's the most important thing a new songwriter should know? Well, if if you're going to give one piece of advice, you have one shot to advise a new songwriter who wants to get into the industry. What would you say to them? <sighs> 
I am going to share a bit of advice that I heard for myself um, at a songwriting retreat. It was the best advice that I've ever, I've ever been given and it's the best advice I could ever receive um, or, or give myself. If you want to write a song to appeal to the masses, you will probably appeal to no one. If you want to write a song for one person, and if that's Jesus, if that's yourself in consolation, if that's you in uh, you know, the quietness of your heart, you probably will be able to appeal to many. And so just pursue the things that the Lord puts on your heart and don't look to the masses when you're writing. It's not wise and it, it will rarely get you anywhere. It's not, for, it's not for them that you write. It's for you and out of that wellspring, that is where you're going to have the biggest impact and the biggest effect for others. Excellent. Well, let's, let's switch just a little bit in these last few minutes. Um, I'm not going to keep you a whole lot more longer, much longer, maybe about 10 more minutes. Um, let's talk about the industry overall. So we, we all know it's changed, but how can, can, can you describe for us how the Christian music industry has changed over the last 10 years? Well, you know, I, I saw it happen in the mid, you know, in the early 2000s when, when CDs started going out of business and people started using digital downloads, uh, a lot of those folks in the industry were saying, um, you know, the music industry is going to die. Well, it hasn't. And the new avenues that have opened up have been really uh, successful. And more music has been purchased and downloaded and used for people than ever before. Um, yes, you're not buying a, a, a CD at 1999 at your FYE anymore, right? Um, you're, you're buying a download for $1.29.99. But that still has an impact for the publisher, for the writer. What that means though, is that you're gonna have to be able to write more, you're gonna have to be able to produce more, and you're gonna have to be able to release more. And with that comes a cost. And I think the, the best thing to, to do is to spend your time speaking to those who are going to encourage you. The best thing that you can do is um, try work as hard as you can on your craft. Uh, I didn't know when I started songwriting that I need to learn how to, to mix, that I need to learn how to produce. I need to learn how to master. I didn't know that I needed to, to look at post. I'll send songs that I am thinking about releasing uh, to guys that I know can trust their ear and they can tell me, oh, the mids are too high. Oh, the, the, the highs are, are too loud. You need to bring those down a bit. You know, I need, I need people around me to be able to help me adjust my mix. And people that I know I can trust that aren't gonna just try to rip the song off, you know? <laughs> and for the most part, you know, there is no, no issue on that. And, and for the most part, I will say the industry is very open-handed when it comes to that type of thing. Um, and so that's been really helpful. Um, but how the industry has changed, obviously, is, is uh, you know, we've moved away from, from that type of thing, from CDs. We moved to MP3s. And so I didn't realize how much time I would have to spend and, and money I would have to send, tr spend trying to promote uh, my music. And so with whatever release that we want to do, I know I want to spend half of my budget 
on the recording itself and half of my budget on the promotion of it. Obviously, it needs to be a good product um, because if it's not a good product, then nobody's going to want to buy it. But if you don't promote it, nobody's going to know about it. You can have the best things since sliced bread and nobody's going to know about it. Right. So, what, so what about songwriting? How is, how is the uh, songwriting trajectory changing and, and where is it going in the next five years? You know, that's a great question. And it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I know Dr. Woodward, our, our seminary, our, the Dean of the Music Division, he had, um, uh, he had somebody really well known come in and share about uh, writing in the post-passion movement. And I don't know for post-passion, but if you look at what we're dealing with with COVID, there's a lot of things that are not going away. Uh, people have have gotten used to the convenience of online church. People have gotten used to the convenience of, of drive up church. And so the, the large room may never come back into fashion. You know, it might take 10 or 15 years, but the next five years, writing more acoustically, writing more uh, singer songwriter is probably a wise approach because that's probably where the most of the churches are going to be spending their, uh, their bandwidth because to have a, a 12 piece band up there, it's, it's not nearly as easily accomplished now as it used to be, unless, unless you're, you know, unless you're in a, a mega church, you know, in, in, in which case you probably can still do those things. Right. Um, so from my perspective, uh, I really want to get your, your opinion on this. From my perspective, it seems like the Christian music industry is about five years behind secular music in, in artistic style. What well, do you, do you agree? And, and, and why do you, why would that be? Oh yeah. And uh, I can see that. I can see that um, very much so. And I think part of it is our people are used to uh, the way things are. And it's always kind of been that way. We've always kind of, um, you know, flowed behind uh, the world. I think what would help us is having folks within the industry who, you know, would push the envelope and, and maybe go a different direction. And there are, there are folks out there that do that. You know, you think of Lecrae and what he's done uh, for our African-American churches. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's opened new, new opportunities, new doors. And then you, you look at some of the things that for King and Country and, and Rent are doing yeah and they're they're really pushing the envelope as well i think yeah and when um you know it depends on your production but also you know can the churches replicate it you know and you have folks what about what about ed who's been playing guitar for 40 years in the church and you're going to ask ed now to take all these different sample packs or different sounds sound sourcing and say hey can you make these new uh new patches and make these new sounds in your guitar well, Ed has been playing guitar the same way for 40 years. You're going to ask him to change. So I think it's very difficult to do that. And so you have to be, be really, um, just really mindful of your, uh, of your, your setup, you know, of, of your circumstance. So, and so part, part yeah. of what I'm hearing you saying, and you keep, you keep coming back to the church. Is it, is it the case that a lot of the industry is driven toward what can be um, uh, reproduced in churches versus something that's just, you know, purely entertainment. Like I, I think about back to the nineties and the glory days of DC talk and Jesus. Freak. I mean, that was, that was fun Christian music, but it wasn't, it wasn't church worship music. It was very different. Yeah. 
So are, are, are we sort of trending that that's where everybody wants to be something that they can get into a church? I, that is, that is the last, um, because of the way the, the industry has changed. That's the last um, really great place to go with CCLI and, and church licensing. Every church needs to have a license in order to be able to play commercial music. And so because of that, you know, it makes it a lot easier for, um, for our people to, uh, well, for songwriters, uh, to be able to market towards churches. And so, yeah, I, I see that, that happening very much so. Um, but I also understand what you're saying, where if you're just, if you're just looking to get away or, or some sort of entertainment or something like that, um, you know, that's, that's along the more of the commercial spectrum uh, uh, where, where you're really there for entertainment. And so I can see that either way, you, you, you need a, a, a good producer who's understanding of the, the way the, the world works and want to be able to get your songs to kind of model in that, in that vein, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. Yeah. Right. All right, Jeff. Well, uh, um, our time is running out. So, um, do you, do you have any last words you want to share with people listening or watching on YouTube? Um, yeah, during this time, uh, people are looking for solace. And so if you're, if you're going to write, you know, write, write to encourage and to comfort folks. Right now, I think the biggest songs that are out there are The Blessing and, um, and, and songs that are going to just encourage people's hearts. And so write towards encouragement. Right now, I think uh, be with them, be with the folks that, that need to hear those things and, and know their stories so that you can write out of, of that. So that's what I would say. Right. All right. So if anybody wants to uh, find out more about you, about your music and your songs, if they want to listen to that song that's on the radio in the Netherlands and they don't want to have to fly to the Netherlands to do so, how are they going to find your material? How are they going to find out more about you? Well, you can find me on YouTube. I think it's, uh, it's J and you can find my website too, jmarkey.com. Uh, you can go there and, and you can find my my some of my videos that are on the front page there. And from there, I think you can just head on to YouTube and find the playlist of a lot of my songs. Most of them are self-released, uh, but a few of them are commercially released. And, uh, you know, I've been able to have uh, just have some opportunities that, that the Lord has blessed me with. And so I, I hope that it would bless others, too. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff, for joining me on this podcast. And thank you to everybody who... Uh, has listened or has watched this. Um, we hope that you have a blessed week and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. This has been the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast with author, musician, and worship pastor Kevin Newsom. Thank you for joining us today, for your comments, and for subscribing. See you next time.